Hey, welcome everybody to Generationally Speaking. We are here, excited about tonight, actually. Yes. Uh, my name is Brad. I'm the lead pastor, and uh, this is Jordan Chitwood. He is our online pastor. I am the online. He does pastor. everything online. Yes. Hey. Well, welcome. We're really glad that you're here. This is episode four of season number three. Which every time we say that, we can't believe it. Uh, but it's been a really good conversation the last couple right. of weeks. And we did first first episode was marriage and divorce. Right. Second episode was uh, social justice movement. Right. And then the last episode we did of our serious nights was cancel culture. Mm-hmm. And what's unique about our podcast is we have the perspective of the boomer and then the millennial. And what we like to do is attack all of these conversations, not necessarily from a this is what we personally believe. Right. Point. We try a, to we honestly try to stay away we from try that. Try to stay away from that. Right. What we do is we go out and we find data from across, you know, the different sides, across the different um, aisles and collect data of what our generation's response to right. these current issues are. And then we share what does the Bible say, what does God say. We, we, we try to do it from a biblical try to then approach perspective and, yeah. and try to stay out of the fray of this is what side we're on exactly. and things like that. Just just talk about, okay, what's what's going on in culture right yep. now. And that gives us the freedom to be able to have these safe conversations. What we recognized, and Matt Flynn says no Gen X. See, we have a Gen X here. His name is Bruce. Right. But our Gen X person um, brought up, hey, I would love – to share some thoughts or ideas or questions. That's why we don't give him a mic, though. Exactly. Yeah. He would talk all the time. <laughs> and so we were like, but but then he said, but I just, you know, we just can't. And I wonder if some of the viewers feel the same way. Yeah. So what we wanted to, to, to do tonight is we wanted to pass the mic to our viewers and ask you questions or pretty much answer your questions that you right. might have. Right. So here's what we did. We sent out... Multiple surveys, multiple Facebook posts, emails. If you're not a part of our all-church email, you didn't receive it. Asking you anonymously, what questions do you have right. about our first three episodes? Now, if someone's brave enough to put a question in here Which tonight... Is, yep, we, where I was going. We, I was going to say, uh, we're yeah. ha- we're, we may... <laughs> we may <laughs> have time to be able to answer We may have time to, to answer them. But what we did is we asked our audience. Right. We said, hey, in regards to marriage and divorce, cancel culture... In social justice, what questions do you have that you want us to talk about? And we're going to answer some of those, we're not necessarily of all of them, because mm-hmm, we got quite a few. We did get quite and a few, and then we also got some that and, were and just ideas, and thoughts. ideas and thoughts, and just some comments. And and here's what we would say: that if if your question doesn't get answered, and or your comment does not get answered, doesn't mean that we we're trying to avoid that. That's right. not the. We'd love to talk to you we, about it later. Yeah, exactly. If, if there's something you know, we, we've had several people come in and, and talk to us about different. Things that things we've preached on, preached on and stuff, what have yeah. you. I had someone email me this week after the spiritual warfare mm. and, and ask me some questions, and it was a great conversation. So we love the conversation, so we're not trying to ignore you or, or sidetrack anything that you may have said, but, and right. we are more than happy to have those conversations. Um, so there we are. Yeah, so like I said, we have a few that are already handpicked that we're going to walk through. As Brad said, though, if you have any questions about marriage and divorce, social justice movement, or cancel culture, and like Brad said, if you do feel bold enough to say it in the chat, yeah. ask away. And if Absolutely. we have time, we'll wrestle with us. We're, we're going to connect with you, hear your responses. Tonight's going to be a little bit more laid back than some of our other nights, right. and we're just going to dive right into it. Yeah. So yeah. want to do so it? So let's, let's, let's do it. All right. So, hey, this first question that we we received from a viewer, again, these are all anonymous. We don't know who we asked no idea. them. Um, and that's part of what's cool is because it was just a safe way to ask. First question. So purity before marriage is the ideal but often not achieved. How has purity culture 
caused trauma in marriage relationships. And I want to have a disclaimer here tonight. Okay. Okay. This is one of your, because we had a lot of marriage and purity yes. questions. Yes. And honestly, this is one of your passions. Yep. And Sex is one of my passions. <laughs> I, I, I have no Not shame. Not exactly what I meant. I know, but, but I have no shame in saying that yeah, boldly. Like, yeah. I love studying about the biblical view of sex. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, we were having a conversation one time. I can't remember where it was, but, but you were going on and on and on mm. like you normally do. <laughs> As those but, woods do. But but honestly, I, I said, dude, we have got to preach on this because mm-hmm. of, of what you were saying, and, and I was in right. agreement with it and what have you. So so you may notice that Jordan does more talking than me tonight. Because <laughs> a lot of our questions are about our marriage It, it is, it is. And, 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 and honestly, you, you are the expert at this. Not mm-hmm. that I don't like sex. I'm the expert. But <laughs> you, are, you are the expert. <laughs> See, I didn't say that. I said I was passionate about sex. <laughs> oh, man. We're just so anyway, we think we're the funniest guys around. But anyway. We are. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to preempt that so that, you know. Yeah, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll I'll jump in when I feel sure. appropriate. But you know, I'll just kind of cheer you on from over here for Ooh, right you're now. Cheer me yeah. on. So, so hey, so for those of the the one, basically basically this specific question is asking about purity culture. Mm-hmm. Purity culture was something that was subconsciously created by the church. Yep. In the. 80s, 90s, early 2000s, would mm-hmm. you say? Yeah. Do you think it went, I don't know, what did it go sooner than that? Was your generation? My, my, no. So probably no, 80s. My gen- so yeah, gen have X you listened to 70s music? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, there was no purity whatsoever. Love the music. Right. It was, yeah, anyway, that's so, another story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I tell you, it did, when my kids were growing up, mm-hmm. okay, and they're all millennials and, and you know, wide range there but right. but i mean there was a purity ring where you'd give purity them a purity ring all the girls all the girls had purity rings yeah. you know we talked about it at the church camps that we yep. had sponsored and things like that so so it was a big deal yep. um there so basically what the church did in the 80s 90s and early 2000s is they pushed very excuse me very very hard on no sex before marriage right uh no pornography no masturbation no like it, like no God, touching. You said, that, you said that out loud. I did. Isn't that weird? <laughs> wow. No, no touching or um, what is it called? Uh, there's also a more official word for it. Basically, like I'd, I'd, any, I'd say it, but then you know, okay. Be, yeah. Anything before <laughs> anything before marriage is off limit. Live in purity. Yeah, absolutely. And where purity culture became toxic is a lot of times they would use shame. Yes, and or guilt. Fear and or guilt. Guilt. Yes. Into. Encouraging Christ followers to abstain, abstain, and, abstain. And I would say, even back when I was in high school in, in the se- in the 70s, there's no question that came from youth group and mm-hmm. and from the stage and, and what have you. And mm-hmm. it was, and and sex became this ugly, dirty thing, also. Yeah. Instead of the beauty, beautiful thing that God intended. Yep. And that's where this question comes out of. Is the question says, how has purity culture caused trauma in marriage relationships? I'm going to share a personal story. Just real quick, sure. To answer the question, because for me, I was a, I was a victim of purity culture. Okay, and uh, I grew up in the not like anyone intentionally shaming or making guilty, but I grew up where believing sex before marriage is so wrong and so damaging, and will scar you that it actually caused me to have a fear of sex that I didn't know about until my wedding night. And um, not going to share too much personal stories, but had to start going to counseling for sex because even after I was married, it was impossible for me to flip the switch that I was now allowed to have sex. Really? Because of the 
the fears, the shame, the guilt, the, the idea of like all of a sudden I'm supposed to make a switch. So Marissa and I, I mean, we weren't able to be as intimate as often as most newlyweds were because it'd give me panic attacks and huh. fear and stuff. So I had to go to counseling for it. So what I would say is to answer this question, how is purity culture? Because I am one of the most passionate people about talking about sex. As you, as right. we're going to get into some of these questions. Right. I think it is so important to abstain before marriage. I think it is so important to keep the marriage bed pure. I think it sets your future up for success by Go ahead. pursuing purity right. in each, every relationship today. And, and the reason for that is because... Uh, the way God designed sex exactly. is, is it's so much better mm-hmm. in, in that aspect. Mm-hmm. If, it is the most, and we're going to get into this in a question a little bit later on, but sex, we have to recognize sex is the most intimate thing you can do with another human being. Right. And so it connects you case, in a way that is spiritually yep. and, and physical. Yep. It's, not, it's, it's more than just physical. Yep. And so if that's the case, then we should be holding it to the highest standard. Yeah, and, and, and instead of giving the positive aspects of why you should wait, mm-hmm. we just made people feel guilty. And, and that's where purity culture became. It, exactly. Toxic. You know, and say, hey, this is, instead of, you just can't do it because it's wrong, it's sin, it's bad. Yep. You're you going to ruin your life. You're going to ruin your life. Pregnant, you're going to get pregnant. And, and I think that was a lot of the fear. Was it uh, what was was the pregnancy thing? Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, "God, it's going to be so much better." Yeah, yep. sex is a beautiful thing. It's an amazing mm-hmm. thing. You can enjoy it, it now. It'll feel good now, but it'll be so oh, much more intimate and spiritual and, and the, powerful. And the connection, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. because what God created sex to connect to flesh right. into one, right? To unity, to oneness. Right. The word there that's used as a cod. I've preached on when I've talked about sex, it literally means oneness. Mm -hmm. And when God created the world, he created it in oneness and unity. And that's the idea behind purity and why it's so important. Um, And so, yeah, so that was a question about purity culture. Um, Yes, that is how purity culture has been toxic. There is benefits to purity, like we've said. We still believe it. And we still still think it's it's the thing to do. It's still necessary. It's just don't use shame, guilt, or fear to get someone to do something, you know, that might be appropriate. Yeah. There's, it's, it's, again, what we've talked about. It's not necessarily um, wh- how you say it or what you say it. What's the word? It's um, some where you have the content, like you know the heart of the message. Right. But the way that you deliver that message can completely eliminate right. Right. what you say. Right. That was brilliant. We probably ought to just stop tonight. Yeah, we could just stop Stop there. right now because the, we're going to go downhill from right. here. <laughs> hey, you want to read question number two? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> question number two. We two. still have 16 viewers. Oh, wow. If a Christian gets divorced but their former spouse was not unfaithful, is that Christian free to remarry? From what I see in Scripture, they are bound to that first marriage and should not remarry. In a world of high divorce, should this truth be told before a second or third marriage? We had a conversation about this earlier. Yes. And if you don't know, um, I have been married before. Barb and I both have have been divorced and, and remarried. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I, I do not want to answer this first. I want to comment on this, but I don't want to answer it first because... I think some people think, well, yeah, you know. Of course you, that's what that's, you're going to say. Of course that's what you're going to say right. because you're living this. Right. So you go first. Yeah, and so when Brad told me that, I was like, darn it. <laughs> I was hoping you'd answer this question because. And I do want to answer it. Yeah, and so he'll answer it, but it was weird because I was like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Like, I have so much respect and love for Barb and Brad. They are family to me. I have known them for 15 years. They have mentored and poured into me. And so I was like, 
I do have strong stances on marriage sure. and stuff. And I'm like, if you really want me to share first, I, you know, you can't be upset with me. He's like, I won't. We probably have the same views anyway. And we ended up having we the, have same the same views. views. Um, and so, yes, to answer the question, we both or I, I believe divorce is a sin. Correct. Okay? We've said that when we see God, when we see scripture, we believe um, that God wants you to do everything in your power. Yes. To stay married and live at peace with everyone. And we even said, because this goes on in the next sentence, it says, besides being unfaithful, we even said yeah. Jesus would probably, Take, he'll still push you to stay, it, stay married, even if someone is unfaithful. Yeah, he'll, it's still there. He gave him an out. I heard one of my favorite speakers talk about it, gave him an out of, of Moses because they couldn't handle it. Right. Like at the end of the day, like Jesus still right. wants you to be. Faithful and married and happily married. And the main question here, I want to get this one, but we still want to go into uh, yep. into that whole thing. Is in a world of high divorce, should this truth be told before a second or third marriage? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And, and we do that. Yep. I mean, I have I have married people who have been divorced mm-hmm. and performed the, the ceremony, and we walk through this. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things we walk through is even you know why why did the marriage break up in the first place? And and you know because. There's so much baggage that can be carried into the next marriage, right? And, oh, and so you got to be very, very careful with that. Is mm-hmm. have you dealt with what the oh, problem was in relationship? And, and I would say even even relationships. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you aren't married, this is what Brad's preaching right now is great advice for you with your relationships, right? Even like friendships or if past jobs have hurt you, like really at the end of the day, if you don't address the baggage, exactly, it, you're going to carry it on. You're going to the next you're gonna one. Ca- absolutely. And yeah. so, so we, yeah, so we do, and we counsel, counsel that heavy in, in anything we do. Yeah. Um, so go back to, yeah. To so then here was re- the other let's part. Let's just talk of, about remarriage. Yeah. So then here was the other thing you asked me, cause you said, okay, so we both agree divorce is a sin. Correct. Okay. Then you asked me, you said, now, should people get remarried? And that's where I struggled because I was like, my first initial instinct is no, they shouldn't get remarried. It's a, it, it, in those cases, it is a, from what we see in, I see in scripture, it would be a sin. Correct. Okay. And so I said that, I'm like, man, he's going to like, I don't like, again, I have so much love and respect <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I, and then I followed it quickly by saying, but I don't think you and Barb are living in sin. That's is how the, I, res- how, that's, is the how I ended that's it. the key. Right. And so if you want to actually dissect that a little bit. Yeah. And, and I probably won't say this as I did earlier because I don't remember everything I said, but do you want me to say it? Go ahead. Well, you go, you go I ahead. didn't know if that was your like, hey, no, I'm you, trying to have Jordan save me here because I forgot, <laughs> and so I just wanted to give you the out. Yeah, I might screw this. Up. Go ahead, tell me, tell me what I said that was so brilliant, <laughs> and then I'll add to it. Oh man, so what was so cool about what you shared is you said because you even said yes, I think Barb and I sinned. Yes. Okay, but then you said what's so beautiful about the God that we serve is there's redemption. Absolutely. There's redemption in our story, and you, we don't believe that we're sinning anymore because we found that redemption. We found that reconciliation in our relationship with each other, with God. Because I had asked you, I'm like, hey, um, like, were you guys Christians when you got divorced? You said we believed in God, but we weren't actively pursuing God. Yeah, and, and, and I, that, that was a time in my life that I had, had fallen away, not pursuing God anymore. Mm-hmm. I would still say I was a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and even, and honestly, even knew better to mm-hmm. go through a divorce and, and even wow. get yeah. remarried. That's vulnerable. And, and it's one of those things that, you know, and who can explain what God did? You know, mm-hmm. our God is an amazing redemptive God. And, and if it wasn't, isn't for grace, what, 
And this is right. one of those issues, mm-hmm. and especially when we got divorced. Mm-hmm. You know, today is not that big a deal. You guys have been 22 married We've been years? married 28 years now. 28 years. Oh, my goodness. And, and, close. and when, when we got divorced and was going to even a church, I could not serve on a board. Mm. There was t- there's some churches that wouldn't even let you wow. teach in a Sunday school right. or volunteer. Kids volunteer anything because it was the, and and so I think I think there's a balance there somewhere and True. again you got to have that 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 discussion of yes there is redemption and grace because you don't the other thing you don't want to do is say oh yeah just go get a divorce because God will forgive you anyway right and again it's a heart matter and mm-hmm. and one is who are we to discuss the heart matter only God knows the heart mm-hmm. and and we can counsel and we can have a conversation and mm-hmm. and know that you know our God can restore and, and and it's just not divorce it's everything absolutely you know there's redemption there's redemption in, but then there's also truth of saying it, hey we've got to recognize that we are a fallen world would God have preferred that Barb and I stayed married to our spouses absolutely mm. there's no question mm. and even even when someone comes and, and talks to me about because i'll be honest with you there's a lot of people who come because knowing that i was, was divorced i've had friends come up and say hey you know what we're not getting along mm. i'm saying you do whatever it takes dude yeah and 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 my first counsel is no hey just don't ditch this thing yep. let's do everything we possibly can mm-hmm. to walk through this and the story we came up with was uh, and it, you, from you, hosea from hosea one twelve, i think it's when the prophet hosea if you want to yeah and and we start. I couldn't remember. It was Hosea. So yeah, that's why Hosea. I, yeah. Yes. And so God tells Hosea to go marry a prostitute. And and so Hosea goes, honors God, goes marries a prostitute, brings her home to be his wife. She goes out and starts prostituting again. God says, Hosea, no, don't give up here. Go get go get your wife. Mm-hmm. He goes and gets. I don't know how many times he does this, but he mm. keeps the prostitute. His wife continues to go back, and God does not let him out of that. Mm-hmm. So I've asked you to do this. You stay with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, the whole story is about you know Israel. Israel, the um, brokenness of God. The brokenness and... of God, that they keep going against what God is asking for. Yep. And, and and yet, you know, so here is, is an example of God saying, you chase after this person no matter mm-hmm. what is going through. It's good stuff. And so, yeah. Did yeah. we answer the question? I think so. Okay. Yeah, no, that's really good stuff. Hey, Um, We're going to move on to the next question, but like we said, thanks for joining us so far. If you do have any questions about marriage, divorce, social justice, or cancel culture, you can let us know in the chat. We've got 14 people in the chat, and a lot of you are being silent, and that's okay, but we'd love to connect with you, so like, let us know so that we can say hello. Um, so we can just see who's still watching with us. It's really cool that you know we've got a good viewership tonight hanging on in. Um, All right, so Uh, question number three. Third question. Let me. I'll read it, and you can you can answer it. Okay. Uh, I have a question on a thought that was given in the marriage podcast. It was kind of said in passing that if a couple is living together, they should sleep in separate bedrooms until they can get married. If they're connected emotionally, why is the sex part wrong? I think maybe we put too much importance on the piece of a paper instead of going by the heart. I was really excited about this question. I'm just going to sit back and let you go. Okay, so a couple of things. First off, um, like we said earlier, okay. Uh, well, first off, there's a couple of things that if you know we knew the whole story, right? Of this question, you, would, you could ask some core questions. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm going to say some so, thoughts. So we're going to paint with a broad brush to right. a certain degree. But here, here's the thing that we said earlier. First off, sex is the most Inti- intimate thing you can do with another person. Correct. Um, whether it's in marriage. Whether it's with fooling around, whether it's with prostitution, 
At the end of the day, you are literally combining yourself with another person. And Paul says... It's what it was designed for. Right. It's what it was created for. And Paul says um, that sex is unique because it is the one sin... Like, all the other sins are outside the body. And Paul says that uh, sexual purity is one that's in the body. Correct. And it literally affects permanent and that's again that's where you get into the tr- trouble with purity culture where they start shaming like it affects you permanently don't make that okay so just from that understanding first off what i wanted to say is because it's that importance okay i don't want us to just say why do we put such an important emphasis on the legal part of it if we're emotionally attached at the heart first thing i would say is put that much importance on it because it is that important. Correct. Like this is the most significant thing you can do physically, emotionally, and spiritually with another person. Right. So you should be doing everything in your power to make it that important. Yeah. Not just like like we said earlier, it, within marriage, this can be so beautiful. You can eliminate all fear. You can eliminate all judgment. It can be such a beautiful connection. So make it that beautiful. Okay, the second part of the question is this. One, there's no such thing as an emotional marriage. That wasn't like worded like that in this paragraph, but it was hit on like if we're attached emotionally at well, the heart. And, and, we, and, and we've had people all along say, well, you know, in our, in our minds we're married. Right. Well, why don't you just go ahead and. Right. What, what, what is what, the, I would ask, what is the holdup? Sure. And so then. And again, that's part of you're like, hey, let's, you know, maybe there are some things. But at the end of the day, like um, the emotional side of it, to answer another thing pretty quickly, like human hearts are sinful and fallen. Right. So like to say like. Trust your heart. Yeah, trust your heart. Like, no, we got to trust the Bible. We got to trust the word of God. We have to trust God. And what we see throughout all the scripture and examples is abstain and purity. The last thing I want to share is this, okay? Because the argument I've heard multiple times, that again, was just hinted on in, in this paragraph that you actually hinted on, was this, was um, was the concept of, uh, well, if we're married in person, if we're married in the heart, and, yeah. then why do we need to take it to the next level? Right. Like, you know, and then what I've heard my friends before say is, you know, back in Bible times, they didn't have legal documents, and so no, here, but they jumped over brooms and things like that. Well, that's like that. what I was going to say. So here, <laughs> if we're going to talk about Bible times, let me just explain how they did in Israel's day real quick, and then we'll move on to the next question. Oh, this is hilarious. Okay, this is you called, can go where I think you're going. I did a sermon called Under the Hoopah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I oh, love that so sermon. Excited. All right, so this is, <laughs> this is how Jews got married in Jesus' time, okay? Because they didn't sign documents. Instead, what they did is they got married with their whole community. Yep. All watching. Then... They took down the hoopah, which was this kind of tent, little towel thing. They went into a tent that was a sacred tent. Right. And they had sex. They consummated okay? the marriage. And everybody watched to make sure that they, they, they had consummated that, the marriage. That's how they, that's how they signed mm-hmm. the marriage That was their legal document. Yep. That's how important it mm-hmm. was. Then, that's how, exactly. Then, they took the hoopah, which was that towel, little tent thing, and they cleaned up their consummation <laughs> all the blood I and everything all the other here. stuff and they put it on a wooden stick yeah out in front of the community and they partied for a week yep 
And so here's what I've told my friends. Okay, first off, that they obviously made that a way bigger deal than we're comfortable with. Okay? <laughs> True. But if you don't want to sign the document, then just go get married under the hoopah. Exactly. <laughs> and then have a watching party. Well, like, it, yeah. <laughs> Susan Keys is now, sh- she's scarred for life. Yeah, so exactly. here's, here's all this to say, okay? Because sex before marriage or emotionally married, all those things, here's what I would say, and I want to end with, because I could go on a rampage about this. It is the most, like we've em- emphasized, this is the most significant thing you can do. Don't do it with someone that you're not married to. Right. And in our culture, marriage is locked in legally through a document. Right. I know that's not how every culture works, but that's the one we function under. And 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 again, you know, we get people I'm sure you've been asked this or, or, or said this is, well, we're going to get married anyway, so we can go ahead and have, have sex. And, and here's the thing. That may be true. And I would say of the people I've known who have used that excuse, and it's not a, a ton, but I would say 10% of them end up getting married. Yep, I and, agree. And 90% of them end up, one of, them, one of them bails. And none of them ever and go into it with the intention of breaking absolutely up. Absolutely not. But I'll tell you and what. And we don't go into marriages with the intention of breaking up. I'll tell you what. I'm going to say something else. When, <laughs> because when sex becomes the foundation. Yeah. And uh, again, you point. wouldn't even admit that it's the foundation. Yeah. But if, but let's you're, face it, it is. if you're not able to sacrifice that part. Like let's say sex before marriage isn't a sin. Let's just say that. Okay. But we know how important sex is. As Christ followers, if we're called to a life of sacrifice and laying our foundation on the rock of Jesus, when we allow sex to enter in before we are marriagely bound, that's not a word, but before we're bound in one, um, that then replaces our foundation. Yeah. And it becomes a physical thing more than a spiritual thing. To the point, even one of the things that we do, and and I have married a couple that have been living together, what have Mm -hmm. you, I married a couple of them, and and every time one of our stances is we would ask you not to have sex. Yep. From that point on until you get and married. And that's part of where the this, question hit on. Yeah. And this is between you and God. Yep. This is not between you and me. Yep. You know, I here we lay out the thing, say this is where it is, and 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 I think you'd be honoring God, and I think you'd be amazed what mm-hmm. happens with your relationship. Because I've actually had somebody come back and say, it was the best thing mm-hmm. we've ever done. Yep. You can start today. Now, here's what I would also say, and I think we said this during the marriage. If you've blown this, mm-hmm. There's redemption. There's grace. There's grace. Mm-hmm. And you can, like we just were saying, you can start fresh. Exactly. You start today. Exactly. Don't. Yep. Yeah. I, and again, and because I don't want to get into that mm-hmm. that whole culture of shaming and guilt yep. and things like that. This no, isn't a shame thing. This is not a shame thing. We're just we're just laying out what we think Scripture says, mm-hmm. what God wants in a, in a marriage and uh, relationships, and saying mm-hmm. you you can honor God. And this is between you and God. It's not between you and us. Yep. You I'll know, share one last story because, no, like I said, I'm hyped up on you this know what? topic. You know, heck, we're, we're already anyway. late, and we've still got 15 <laughs> viewers. Why not? Uh, when I was in Anderson mentoring a young adults couple, mm-hmm. they were having sex before they were legally married. And they were one that said, well, we believe we're emotionally married, not legally. Like, we believe in that because in Bible times, they didn't have it. And so that's part of why, you know, bring up the hoopah and all that fun stuff. Anyway, uh, we shared our hearts with them, Marissa and I. After they got married, they came back to us. Mm -hmm. And they said, Jordan, we can't explain it, but there's something different about sex now. They're like, we're still having sex before, and we're having sex after we're legally married. And it's almost like God started to work in us spiritually. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause now you have the spiritual connection. Right. Because God is working in you. Like there is something different. Right. 
And for some cultures, it's a legal document. Some, as soon as they're engaged, like that's, you know, what happens. Some, there is no engagement. In Bible times, they didn't have an engagement. They just went like, they said, hey, this is kind of the, sorry, they didn't have dating. They were like, they had the engagement period where they basically sold their daughter for a sheep and then they got married. So there's a whole bunch of things. But all right, last question. Um, And I'll read it off and then... If you want to, you know, share some things and then we'll close. Yeah. Okay. Last good. question. If you could give one, if you could give people one next step to grow in each of the three areas, marriage, social justice, and cancel culture, what would it be? So what would our next steps be? <laughs> uh, mar- to just grow in these areas. Here's what I would say for marriage is, is Jesus at the center. Mm-hmm. You know, if both of you are pursuing God as, 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 hard as you can, as fast as you can, as, as fervently as you can. Mm-hmm. I have never seen a marriage fail. Yep. Ever. Can I add something to that? Please. Real quick. My uncle, and he might have made this statistic up, okay? <laughs> he said, so you know the divorce rates of 50% of marriages. Even in Christian marriages. Yep. Even in church marriages. Yep. And in divorce, okay? Yeah. Then he shared with me, but couples who pray every night together... It's only 1%. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Marissa and I have prayed every night together that we're married. Wow, cool. And, it, I mean, it's powerful. Yeah. And so that's that's what my advice would be. We're like, one, put God at the center. One way to do that, pray yeah. every night together. Right, right. And, and that also makes it so you don't and, go to bed angry. And, and Yeah, and here again, one of the issues someone's going to have out here is, well, my spouse is not a Christian. Mm. You know, and and and. You know, so now what do you do? Yeah. And so you that's know, a whole other conversation. It's a whole other conversation, but that that you know, don't give up. Then what I would say is pray for your spouse absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And, you, you know, know, one of the things that you had down here is fight for each other. That's that's mm-hmm. huge. You know, um, that comes down to the divorce and, thing. And again, I think it comes back to, and you can go to Ephesians and, and hear Paul talk about this. You know, and it, it, there's this whole whole thing about submitting to husbands, what have mutually you. submit to one another, yeah. and then. And that's the other thing is if if you start submitting to to your spouse and saying what mm. what can i do for you today what mm. in every aspect you first you first you Didn't first you preach oh i, I think you I shared did. you said what's one way i can serve you today yes oh man that's been revolutionary for mercy marriage yeah it, 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 it has been so good it, for us to ask that question i am i am so selfish and it's, it's i'm not getting this i'm not getting mm. getting that and so yep. you know so rather yeah. than that asking them the question how can i serve you today even if what's you're not getting thing? back because because we can serve somebody with the with the mindset of I yep. want to get I'm doing this because I want to get something back no it's yep. it's a selfless thing yeah yeah we could go on forever for that yeah and quick hashtag ad and then we'll move on to the second area is go on to our YouTube check out Kim's next steps videos yeah. of love languages yeah. she just interviewed five different people some couples some single asking them about their love language one of the best things you can do dating, singleness, relationships, and marriage is learning about Absolutely. love languages and how your significant other likes to be loved. All yeah. right, move on. Social justice. Um, you know, and the thing we talked oh. about there was is basically it's such a trigger word for one and what have you. you know, there's, there's all kinds of biblical justice. We try to do this with, with through a, a biblical justice mindset yep. and view. Understand, again, listen to where people are coming from because mm-hmm. even if you vehemently disagree with some of the things that that's in in this movement or what have you there's still some truth in there yep. and and we've got to listen to both sides what are we trying to say because what we're trying to do is reconcile mm-hmm. reconcile to each other and to god exactly and we believe that when you reconcile to god you reconcile like it it's it's 
it's one of those things like by doing one, like if you put God at the center of your relationships, if you truly put God at the center, it's impossible to like hate people. Exactly. Like if God is pouring out and through you, if you're reconciling to each other back to God, it it, it works beautifully. Yeah. But it requires, like you said, listening. Yep. Learning and just giving your heart and just saying, hey, I might, like you said, I might not agree with what you're saying, but I love you and I want to walk with you and I want to learn about what you're and saying. And you, you'll be amazed at how much you actually agree on in a, in, in a lot of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So last one. Go, go with cancel Last culture. one. Cancel culture. Um, before you cancel something <laughs> or before you don't cancel something or don't step away from something. What we've encouraged in the episode, and as a next step, ask yourself, is there something more going on here? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times our initial response is a biased response. Rightfully so, because we're influenced by our closest influences. Shocker. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. But ask yourself before you immediately cancel something or before you immediately reject a cancellation, Ask yourself: Is there something more going on here? It goes back to the listening and the learning. It's just, there's always there's always a middle ground, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're going to necessarily agree, right? But that's not even necessarily the goal. But, I don't. But think. But there's a, there's a tenderness yeah. of heart instead of being a, a closed off, yeah, mind shut off. Yep. You know, you, you, when you end the conversation, you don't get anywhere. Yep. Where can we come together? We're where looking do we agree? For unity, not uniformity. Yeah, and, and and you know where where do we get to a point that we we can't even have a conversation about stuff anymore? Right. You know. And I think that's been, you know, the hardest part about cancel culture and all of that. And even social justice, like, is, yeah. you know, and it's, the media it's any plays of these a big things. role. Right. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, hey, thank you so much I'm for exhausted. tonight. 14 <laughs> viewers throughout the night watching, listening, learning with us. So much good stuff. So glad that you were here. Thank you for joining in for episode four of our podcast. We're going to take two weeks off. And then in two weeks, what is that? That is the 18th. We are talking about mental health. And so we're going to take an approach uh, generationally on mental health. Here, I'll just share the last three episodes of the new year, okay? We have mental health. Then we've got deconstruction of faith, oh, which is a topic a we've been talking. We've actually both been learning a lot yeah. about, okay? I think, did you I, even read a book or did you see I, some I, articles? I have read all kinds of yeah. articles about this, and, yep. and I think you might be surprised at some of my stances on this. Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, on in December 4th, I think it is, deconstruction of faith. And then December 18th is Jesus, the true Messiah. Kind of prepare our hearts for Jesus. I didn't even Jesus. know about that one. Yep, we're going to learn about different world religions and some stuff and talk about generational cool. approaches. So those are our last three episodes of 2021. But, hey, Steve Harris, good to see you. Joe, good to see you. Susan, Brenda, um, Bob, Matt Flynn, Marissa, all of you who are tuning in, thank you so much for joining us. It was a great night. We hope to see you next time on Generationally Speaking. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night.